The Fed's bank term funding program unveiled during the regional banking crisis to ease stress in the financial system will not be extended beyond its March 11th deadline. Boy, if they turn that around, they're going to look stupid now. Well, hello there, my friends. Rafi here from the End Game Investor, now on Substack, with this week's silver report for Arcadia Economics. And we've got a lot to talk about, as we always do on this show. First of all, I'm going to go into the money supply. It has been growing since November. And on a quarterly annualized basis, we are now finally out of absolute deflation. But I don't think it's going to last very long because we have January now. And January is typically the most deflationary month of the year in a normal year. And I'll show you the graphs that show this. Second, we have confirmed from the Federal Reserve that they will end the bank term funding program come March 11th, at the same time that a lot of hedge fund people and people on Wall Street are starting to throw a fit about what could happen in March in the plumbing. I'm going to talk a little bit about Japan. Why do people think that if they raise interest rates, the yen will strengthen? It's the exact opposite. I'll show you a chart going back to like 1970 that shows that whenever interest rates fall, the yen strengthens. And whenever interest rates rise, the yen weakens. It's been that way for decades, and I don't see any reason it will change now. And yes, this is the Silver Report, so a little bit about what is going on in Silver World. Something very big just happened in SLV. Earlier this week, 16.2 million ounces of silver supposedly flooded into the ETF in what looks to be a short covering spree. But this seems to happen many Januaries. It's happened four times in four different Januaries going back to 2013, so it might just be a cyclical thing. And finally, I don't usually report on politics, but something interesting is happening in Texas. Governor Abbott is putting his foot down on protecting the Texas border with razor wire, which the Supreme Court just struck down in favor of the Biden administration. I don't know, I don't think this will lead immediately to a civil war, but things are definitely heating up between the federal government and the border states. And if there is a conflagration, there could be a rush to gold and silver as the dollar becomes more caught up in a country that is on the verge of tearing itself apart, God forbid, but it looks increasingly to go in this direction. This week's Silver Report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mines, symbol FSM. Last week we went into the production results for the year 2023, announced on January 18th, 2024, but I didn't go into the 2024 consolidated production and cost guidance highlights what to expect for 2024. So very quickly on that, increase in gold production of between 5 and 18%. So we see that the company is becoming more of a gold miner and less of a silver miner, which I think will lead to a more balanced and less volatile stock price going forward. And on all in sustaining costs for gold, we have between 1485 and 1640 an ounce depending on the mine, depending on the month. That's between an a decrease of 1% and, and an increase of 9% in all in sustaining costs. This is well, well below the current gold price. So Fortuna should be well into profitability for 2024. It's looking good for them. And we'll see what happens to the stock price as gold and silver should become unhinged in 2024. According to my projections, we will see what happens. And I will hold on to my stacks in any case, unless I have to spend them in an emergency if there is an end game, which I'm also prepared to do. This 
is the M2 money supply updated weekly. I'm going to minimize my head so it's not in the way of this chart here. But as you can see here, uh, on October 23rd or October 30th, October 30th, the money supply bottomed out in an absolute terms. And since then, we've been gently climbing from about 20.6 trillion to 20.9596 trillion. Not much growth here, but there is some. We had the same period of sort of growth between October and January of 2023, right? We had a low here of 21.3 trillion October 24th and a high here of 21.45 trillion, slight growth. Uh, last year, we're seeing the same seasonal trends play out from October to January this year with slightly stronger growth. And part of that has to do with the bank term funding program that we're going to get into in the next tab here. But you can see on this chart that January, right, which we haven't had the data for yet. It only goes up to January 1st because this thing is on a lag. But if you go to January, you will see here from January 9th to January 30th, we had huge deflationary forces. The uh, the money supply here was 21.45 trillion in January 2023, and by the end of January 2023, by January 30th, it was 21.12 trillion. So a drain of about uh, what is that 300 billion dollars in a few weeks. That's generally what happens in January, even in the most inflationary months, uh, inflationary years in history. You have from January 11th. 19 in 2021 right when the huge increase in money supply was starting that was uh 19.42 trillion in january 11 2021 going down to 19.279 trillion january 25th that's not much of a drop it's about 200 billion dollars a little more uh, or a little less uh whatever the math is it's it's substantial but even in the most inflationary times you see a deflationary trend in january you see the same thing here in January 2, uh, 6, 2020, right before the lockdown started, right before the war lost its damn mind. January 6, 15.48 trillion, January 6, 2020, 2020, and then January 27th down to 15.29 trillion. So that's another $200 billion vacuumed out through deflationary January forces. And what causes this fundamentally? I believe it's the paying back of holiday spending debt, something like that. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't really have to know exactly what it is. I just know it happens every January and it happened this January too. So I think this small inflationary trend in the money supply, the money supply increasing is going to reverse itself come January. And then come April, we're going to see a huge fall, just like we saw in April 2022. So I think this brief inflationary period in the money supply is just about over and we're going back into deflation, especially if the Fed doesn't cut to zero, which it will not. And on the Fed, they have stopped the bank term funding program arbitrage. Uh, and that is the bank term funding program is, is of course, I'm going to maximize my head back in here. Uh, the bank term funding program was the regional bank bailout program that we all know about that the Fed offered to take any underwater treasuries off of banks' balance sheets and provide them with the face value at a certain interest rate. So what happened here was that the interest rate on borrowing these funds came to like 4.8, but the, the, the rate that the Fed pays on reserves that you just hold the Fed and do nothing with is 5.3. So banks were basically taking money out of the bank term funding program and sticking it in the Fed and earning uh, the difference between 4.8 and 5.3, which is like, you know, half a percent for nothing. And the Fed just ended this today. And I'm recording this on January 25th. So it says here, Fed raises rate on emergency loan program to stop arbitrage. Bank term funding program will expire on March 11th. As planned, banks will see higher rates to borrow effective immediately. This is by Katanga Johnson. 
Interesting name. Kitenge. Hey, how you doing? John. Johnson. Johnson? Here are the two sentences uh, that are the most relevant. The Fed's bank term funding program unveiled during the regional banking crisis to ease stress in the financial system will not be extended beyond its March 11th deadline. Boy, if they turn that around, they're going to look stupid now. Top officials had signaled earlier this month, but effective immediately, the adjusted interest rate for borrowing will be no lower, quote unquote, than that of reserve balances in effect on the day the loan is made, the Fed said on Wednesday night. This is to stop... What is going on over here in this tab? This is the bank term funding loan, uh, bank term funding program usage. You see here, this is the regional bank payout, uh, and it goes vertical here when the banks are bailed out and they all hand over their treasuries. And then there's a little bit more of a jump here into June, and then there's a little bit of a, a lull, and then all of a sudden, when interest rates on on uh, the Fed uh, holding reserves of the Fed rise above the bank term funding program interest rates, then you have another fifty billion dollars taken from this program and just stuffed into the Fed uh, under the bank's reserves from November to uh, now, so to about two months. So that's about $50 billion in two months and the Fed has stopped this immediately. Here is the press release. This is from the Federal Reserve's website itself. Federal Reserve Board announces the bank term funding program, BTFP, will cease making new loans as scheduled on March 11th. So they are reiterating, definitely, definitely, ending on March 11th. So they better not turn around. They're going to look really stupid. And they never look stupid because they're geniuses. So it says here, the Federal Reserve Board on Wednesday announced that the bank term funding program will cease making new loans as scheduled on March 11th. And finally here, it says that as the program ends, the interest rate applicable to new BTFP loans has been adjusted such that the rate on new loans extended from now through the program expiration will be no lower than the interest rate on reserve balances. They're eliminating the arbitrage. This change, it says here, is effective immediately. Well, this doesn't look like uh, a disorganized panic at all. It shows you once again that the Fed doesn't really know what it's doing. It's flying by the seat of its pants. I don't really know what that means, literally. How do you fly in the seat of your pants? Does that mean you're floating? In I have to look up that saying, but I, I've heard it before, so I know I'm using it correctly, I think. But basically, the Fed just figured out that the banks are making free money by using an arbitrage that it didn't intend that it clearly did not intend to exist. Well, if this wasn't intended to exist, imagine what else isn't intended that is about to happen. It's going to catch the Fed by surprise. Well, a lot of crazy stuff. We're going to go to the next slide. Now, just as this is coming out, that the Fed is going to end the BTFP and adjust the arbitrage so that no more money gets printed that way, you have here from January 22nd by Paratash Bansal. That's an interesting name too. In the market, repo market may throw a fit Spur Fed to action. Soothing action, 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 action. January 22nd, Reuters. Some Wall Street executives feel a tantrum coming in U.S. short-term financing markets, perhaps as soon as March. It could put pressure on the Federal Reserve to ease policy. A series of events, a series of unfortunate events, are expected between March and May some of which will reduce the amount of cash in the financial system, while others increase the demand for liquidity, according to interviews with four banking executives. So the banks are warning the Fed is going to have some problems in the plumbing, and the Fed, which are the guards of the financial system. Yeah, we're supposed to be guards. We're guards. We're guards, huh? We're guards. We're guards. Are they going to listen to these banking executives? Probably not. But when whatever hits 
hits the repo market, they're going to have to print a bunch of money. And we all know what happens after that. There's a lot of articles going on around Japan uh, because we're talking about the Bank of Japan that's going to raise interest rates and this is going to help the yen. I just wanted to clear this up. This could be, this is going to be really clear. If you look at this chart, this, the blue is the yen dollar exchange rate. So the higher it goes, the weaker the yen in, in dollar terms, right? So this blue line goes up, the yen gets weaker. This is uh, 10 year Japanese government bond interest rates. Now you can see here that since like 1973, you could even argue even here from 1971, since the end of the gold window, since the closing of the gold window in the current fiat monetary era, Japanese interest rates, as they go up, the the yen tends to weaken. As they go down, the yen tends to strengthen. The blue line going down is the yen strengthening in dollar terms and interest rates going down in the red line. So interest rates go up here, the yen weakens, right? This pattern is it's loose at some times and it's tight at other times but the general trend from 1971 is that the higher interest rates go on Japanese government bonds the lower the yen goes it's been that way for 50 years and I see no reason that's going to change now that pattern has become especially tight in the last five years if we go to the five-year chart you can see here it's still in tandem anytime Japanese government bond interest rates go up the yen goes down when Japanese government bond interest rates go down, the yen goes up. And that's why these graphs are in tandem and they are proportional to each other. My point being, if the Bank of Japan raises interest rates in a bid to save its currency, it will destroy the yen. The yen will snap in many little pieces at some point and it will be pretty quick when it happens and obvious too. And just to remind you of how insane Japanese monetary policy is, this of course is the Japanese uh, Bank of Japan balance sheet, you can see that it has been on an exponential trend that really started in 2013 with Abenomics, and it's not going to go down ever. And now the Bank of Japan owns pretty much uh, over half of the Japanese government bond market, so uh, that's safe. Now we're going to go to silver for a second to show you the crazy stuff that happened this week. This is the total metal in the SLV Trust, and these bars over here uh, I drew a black line showing uh, this is 16.2 million ounces of silver that flooded into the SLV trust. You can see the little bump over here or the big bump, you know, it's 16.2 million ounces. That is the, the second most since silver squeeze. It happened in 2023, January 2023, about 17 million, 17 million ounces were shuttled into SLV. The only time it was more than that was during silver squeeze in 2021. And uh, the, uh, according to a longer chart that I looked at and I drew the lines and I was very careful, uh, you could see that in 2013, this happened as well. So something happens in January to SLV. It could be procedural, could be cyclical, having something to do with covering shorts or whatever. Um, but I wouldn't take this as a signal necessarily that silver is done with its recent downtrend. It might be and just keep stacking. Uh, but this... Uh, this bar here that was higher than this year's, this January bar in 2023, didn't quite lead or predict the uh, in, uh, the imminent bottom of silver that came later in a few months, two or three months later. So this is definitely some strange stuff going on in SLV, but it doesn't necessarily portend a trend higher starting now. And to this slide, uh, we've been reading a lot about uh, the Chinese stock market, the Shanghai Index falling to lows. Well, this is interesting. If you look, if you go back to the, just prior to the 2008 financial crisis, when the Chinese market started to melt up, uh, then you can see a triangle 
a very almost perfect triangle forming from 2008 to now and reaching the apex in the next few months. What happens then? Uh, some kind of thing in the global monetary system would be my thinking, but we'll see. And finally, let's go to Texas for a second. This is from Zero Hedge, January 25th. Texas defies lawless Biden, invokes right to self-defense from invasion with more razor wire. Basically, I don't have to read this. You probably know what's going on. Basically, is that Texas is upset with the Biden administration that uh, the Biden administration is taking away the razor wire or wants to take away the razor wire at the border that it's preventing illegal immigration into Texas. And now the Supreme Court has ruled that the Biden administration can take away the razor wire. So now Texas is putting his foot down and we're headed for what looks like to be a showdown between Texas authorities and federal authorities. Uh, I hope this ends peacefully and that there are no conflagrations or fights, but America is clearly on the verge of something big, and the country is ripping itself apart monetarily and socially and willfully bleeding and not stemming its wounds. So this is going to lead to something hopefully constructive, but we'll see. And as the monetary system comes to its ignominious end, these issues will be resolved one way or another. This is Rafi of the Endgame Investor. This week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics, you can find the Endgame Investor on Substack. You can subscribe there for free. I put out some free articles every week. And you can also sign up to be a paid subscriber to win a free Dirty Man Safe by the end of January and get my three times a week market updates. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Yara. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.